This is Real Ghost Stories Online. My name's Tony Bruski. Thank you for joining us. Episode number 13 is what we were about to embark on here today. You subscribing? You finding us? That makes us very, very grateful. So if you are a return listener, welcome back. Thank you so much. Thanks for telling a friend about the show. If you're just finding us, there's a little subscribe button that we'd love for you to press. Just just, just click that little subscribe button. That helps us grow the show. I mean, you don't miss any upcoming shows either. Uh, no matter what platform you may be listening to us on, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and then you'll uh, be getting all of our future shows as we try to pump them out to you weekly here at Real Ghost Stories online on today's show we are going to be diving into a story uh, that someone called into us frank called this into us and uh, it involves a demonic spirit uh, on a trip back to the country his parents hail from el salvador we'll get into that story and we have some listener letters to uh, to share with you today. If you have a real ghost story, we would love to hear it. Share it with us on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click that Tell Us Your Ghost Story button and then go ahead and type away and we may read your story in a future episode. Or now, you can call in and give us your story. Just go ahead and leave that story in full right there uh, when uh, the, uh, the machine, if you will, picks up. This is so 1980s. When the machine gets it. When the automated voice system receives your call, that's where it says, okay, tell us your story. That's what we would love to hear. You can call toll-free 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. And leave us your story. Okay? We may use that on a future show. We love to hear your real ghost stories. That's what feels, fuels the show. That's what keeps us going. So if you got one, we want to hear it. Okay. So, to get things off the ground on today's show, let's go to a real ghost story caller. In fact, let's, uh, let's, let's go right over to Frank. Frank uh, gave us a buzz at 855-853-4802. Frank... I understand you have a real ghost story to share with us, and this uh, goes back to uh, a trip you made to your uh, your parents' homeland and uh, where you were originally from, El Salvador. Let's let's hear the story, Frank. Yeah, I was uh, I was around thirteen, and um, I remember over there. It's like a jungle feature, you know, when you look at the movies and you look at those those homes that are in the jungle and stuff. Like, pick, try to picture that and imagine the restroom instead of being inside the house. Mm-hmm. You have to walk like a sixteenth of a mile just to go to the restroom. It was like a little outhouse. Sure. Is that how you grew up? Is that what you remember as a, a small child? Actually, this was our uh, getaway vacation. It's like, <laughs> it was like in, in the, it was in the mount, mountaintops. Where wow. My friends grew up. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's very indigenous. There's a lot of indigenous people who are rich with culture. And, sure. um, stories, yeah, stories always circulated about the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And, um, one one night, I just decided, you know, I was urging to go to the restroom. I told my cousin, "Hey, uh, cuz, hey, follow me, man. I'm kind of, I'm kind of scared to go by myself. You know, I wasn't gonna lie either. And um, when when I got there, you know, I wasn't thinking much. You know, yeah, I had I had the 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 first thought, you know, like, oh well, 
I don't want to be in the dark by myself. But mm-hmm. after I finished what I had to do, I got out the I got out the restroom and I remember clearly, like that that heavy feeling after I got out that restroom, the smell of like burnt rotten flesh like you could smell it in the air. And it wasn't and the outhouse, correct? You you were, you were sure you were not smelling the outhouse. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't okay. the outhouse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you never know sometimes. Yeah. Outhouses give off very interesting smells. Sometimes you're like, is that a urinal cake? Because it smells like birthday cake. <laughs> okay, yeah. so so rotting flesh is what you're smelling as you're walking out of this outhouse. I'm assuming it's just what, is this like the middle of the night? Yeah, it's it's around like two, two okay. or three. Okay. And and uh, I still remember, man, I, I something told me to look up the trees, and my grandma always told me, when you feel scared, Never look up the trees. I never knew when until that. Well, I never knew why. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I looked up, man, it was it was right there. It was like a like a shadow. But the thing about the shadow was that I knew it was there because it was darker than night. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you couldn't see through it. And then at the same time, the eyes the eyes were so big and blazing, like like if it was coming out of a, a, a like a blazing charcoal. You know. What color were the eyes? Their eyes, his eyes were red. I remember it clearly. They were red. And he just, he didn't, he didn't do any type of movement. He just sat up there and just looked at me. Looked at me from, from the, from the treetop. Can you, can you describe the, like the, the outline of the figure? I understand it's probably the darkest dark you could possibly think of with these red eyes, but what sort of a figure did it have? Imagine, try to imagine a gorilla, like, like a, have you ever seen the X Men Beast? Sure. How he has, how he has his hairs like like a, like two points in 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 the, in the front. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine imagine that outline, okay. and then imagine imagine hearing like a like somebody breathing really heavy over you, mm-hmm. and it's 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 funny because I told my grandma about it and she couldn't believe what I saw because she told me that my dad has seen the same uh, shadow beast or whatever it is you know roam around the jungles and. People would always tell us that whenever you see this this entity, you would always have to ignore it because if you let's say you're with somebody, you're right next to somebody, and you let him know, both of you are going to freak out, and the entity might keep on, you know, trying to scare you. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that these were all just stories until this happened to me, man. And I told I told uh, my parents about it, and they told me, yeah, man, you you just witnessed El Calejo, which is the name of the beast. This and supposedly they say that that. This uh, this beast or whatever it is, it, it has reference to the devil or sometimes to dark entities in the night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, I heard many times that it, it's also uh, referred as the agent agent of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, not I don't know if that's true, but I do know what I saw that night, man. It was really freaky. It's nothing you want to investigate further to find out exactly what it 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 may be. That's that's for sure. That that's very freaky. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the call, Frank. We really do appreciate that. Uh, if you have a real ghost story, you can call in just like Frank did at 855-853-4802. That is a completely toll-free call. 855-853-4802. And share your story with us verbally. And we may uh, use it on a future episode. You can, of course, write into us as well at Real Ghost Stories Online. Click that Tell Us Your Ghost Story button, and we may read your story on a future episode. We love your ghost stories. That's what fuels our show. That's what makes us do this every single week. And, of course, I have to encourage this because this is uh, what we love to see, your comments 
on the show. If you're uh, listening to us in iTunes, please go to that comment section and uh, leave some feedback about the show if you like us. Uh, Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps fuel the show and helps other folks find us uh, and let them know that uh, that we exist. Share the show with a friend. Tell your friends, hey, look, there's a show I've been listening to in the middle of the night. It's been giving me all these nightmares. I've been waking up in cold sweats since I've been listening to the show, and my cat's looking at me very strangely now when I get up in the morning. Uh, tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends that we're the cause of that. Tell your psychiatrist we're the cause of that. Tell your family you're the reason. <laughs> or the reason that uh, you're uh, you're not so sociable with them anymore. Uh, anyhow, please do uh, leave a comment though uh, on the uh, platform you listen to us on. We really do appreciate that. Uh, let's go to a letter. This is written into us by Sean Logan. Sean, thank you so much for writing us at realghoststoriesonline.com. This goes. I was 15 or 16 years old and a sophomore in high school. At the time, there was a TV show on MTV called. Fear, or something to that effect, where a team of people would investigate allegedly haunted locations to determine if they were, in fact, haunted. A friend of mine began telling me and a few others of his uncle's supposed haunted house. So given that we were all into that TV show, he came up with the idea to go there as a group and attempt to determine if it were truly haunted. Well, one night late in the fall, we finally decided to give it a shot. There was five of us, including my younger brother, who was 14 at the time, and we were very excited to get there. We obviously had mixed feelings of excitement, nervousness, and all-around uneasiness. Within ten minutes of walking through the front door, while we were all gathered in the foyer area, we saw a bright red laser light shining on the wall in such a way that there'd been no way anyone could have done it without physically being in that area with us. Obviously, upon seeing the light, we all started looking around, trying to see where it was coming from, but none of us had a light in our hands. A short time after my friend's uncle came home, he was a truck driver, so he wasn't home often, but through the years, he had become strangely accepting of all his experiences. He had a synthesizer in his mudroom at the back of his home. He decided to play for us while we worked up the nerve to get on our investigating. While we listened to him playing his eerie organ-style horror music, someone said, Hey, come on, come over here, look. So we all ran over to his uncle to see that same red light on his uncle's hand as he played each and every key of his organ. The light stayed perfectly centered on top of this man's hand, and he had no answer or issue with it whatsoever. He apart literally laughed it off as normal. A few minutes later, that episode, I spotted the light again. This time, about 50 to 60 yards away in the adjacent center of the garage door of a house from his. As I looked outside at the light, I saw what appeared to be a dog carrying a dead rabbit in its mouth that inexplicably disappeared behind a shed and never came back out the other side. Shortly after the sighting of the dog, we decided to start our investigation, quote-unquote. Now, before we came, our friend told us that the upstairs had the majority of the activity, but 
One door on the ground floor was not to be opened, not even touched, as he and his uncle felt that this door was a room and a portal to evil spirits. Naturally, we started with the upstairs, and I was the first to go up. I started up the steps slowly, of course, and when I got about midway up them, I paused at the top of the stairs on the landing just in front of the upstairs bathroom. I saw two feet. I slowly started looking forward, afraid of what else I'd see, and quickly knew that what I'm seeing was a little girl between the ages of three and five with a little white dress shoes with a strap over the top of the foot with white frilly socks and a black dress with white frill at the bottom. Oddly, the only thing I could visually see was her feet, legs and bottom of the dress. I'm describing all this to each of my friends as they were wondering why I just suddenly stopped my ascent on the steps. I quickly quickly decided I wanted to get back down the stairs, but as I turned to go down the steps, I was frozen, literally frozen. Tears started pouring out of my face, and I was literally almost at a 45-degree angle on a step that I was stopped at and completely stuck. I felt a cold rush of air, first behind me, then in me, then in front of me. At that point, I knew she had come down the steps. The little girl had come down the steps through me. When she went through in front of me, I was suddenly released, and I stumbled down the rest of the steps. That was the most frightening experience I've had on a personal level. level. After we all settled from my experience, another friend went up with a hanger. He was pretty scared, so at the top of the landing, he threw the hanger down the hall to the room at the end of the hallway. The hanger came flying back at him almost immediately. After that incident, we decided to regroup or maybe even rethink our situation. So me and a friend decided to go grab a bite to eat for everyone. When we got in his car, we noticed that on each and every inch of every single window, there were different handprints of different sizes. Sizes that ranged from about 10 inches to as little as the hand of a child. One of the handprints had a thumb that was bent at a 90 degree angle outwards. Upon getting back with the food around 3 a.m., another friend was sitting at the table with my little brother and the other friend that had come with us. And he had a look on his face like he literally had just seen a ghost. Now I feel the need to tell you a little bit about this friend and his actions from the point forward completely differ from the kind of guy he was. He came from a very, very religious background. We all listened to rap and hip-hop. However, he had to record the songs on cassette tapes and edit them accordingly. Anyway, as he's sitting there, he's looking forward as if he's afraid to move his head in any direction whatsoever. We begin asking him, what the problem was and what it was that he had seen. All he kept saying was, it's nothing, or I can't say. Even saying once that, he couldn't tell us. We then came up with 
having him simply draw a picture of what he'd seen. He proceeded to draw a picture of a demon with horns on its head, very closely resembling the devil. We were told that he saw this image in a window near that same synthesizer I discussed earlier. Upon seeing the picture, we all decided that we were done and it was past time to go. We were staying with a kid that had seen the demon that night. On the drive home, none of us said anything to each other. We were all trying to figure out what had just happened. Almost like we couldn't believe it, even though we all knew what happened that night. Once we got back to my friend's house, he began telling us as we entered to close all the blinds and shades because he was afraid to see the image in the windows like before. So we shut them all very quickly. He then began telling us very sternly to take all the pictures of Jesus off the walls and out them face down because he didn't want to look at them. At that point, the rest of us started to get a little scared because this kid definitely believed in Jesus and God was a very Christian boy. So we did everything he asked of us, hoping it was just a feeling he had or something. After about 20 minutes of gathering thoughts and starting to discuss the events of the night, the friend who had seen the image began laughing very weirdly and acting very strange. He went to the kitchen where myself and one friend was talking and he looked at us with his weird eerie smile and grabbed a 10 to 12 inch knife and chased us to his computer room. That friend and I ran into that room, sat down in front of the door trying to keep him from getting in there with that knife. The friend with the knife began banging and pushing on the door and this kid wasn't a strong kid. He was actually kind of a pudgy, unathletic kid. While we were Trying with all our might to keep him out, we began to realize that he was overpowering the both of us. We began yelling at him to stop, and that wasn't him. Just trying somehow to get him to snap out of whatever was going on with him. The whole time, he just started laughing, kind of cackling. After about ten minutes, he receded, put the knife on the counter, and went and lay down and fell asleep. Also worth noting that Before we ran into that room, me and my friend had noticed that this kid had three separate shadows. It was a very scary night and probably a lighting thing, but it was still scary nonetheless. One of the most bizarre experiences of my life. Thank you for that story. Uh, Sean, we really appreciate you writing in. Sean actually wrote us several stories, and uh, we will get to uh, Sean's other stories. They're very good uh, on some future episodes here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So, Sean, thank you so much. Wow. It's one of those things when you're a kid. I can I can remember some sleepovers. I'm, I'm think, I think Sean and me may be close to the same age, because I think around 15 or 16, I remember that show... Fear being on MTV. It was one of those early reality shows. And uh, I remember just going to some sleepovers as a kid, even younger than 15, probably more so like 10. And there were just some bizarre kids that were just, you almost thought, plain evil. <laughs> you know, I can't say I could connect any to uh, a paranormal experience that we were experiencing at the moment, but there were some kids that, I remember one sleepover where there was one kid that he had an oar. From a boat. I don't know where he got it, but 
he just thought it'd be a great idea to chase everyone around, and he started hitting people with the oar, literally just smacking them. Now, granted, the child was probably abused and was acting out and wanting attention somehow, and that's probably all that case was, but you have to wonder sometimes what is going on within someone to act out in such extreme ways. Not exactly having good judgment at the age of 15 or 16, but you do know right and wrong and what's what's a little bit too extreme. Another thing that uh, Sean shared in that uh, that story that, that I can somewhat relate to is um, that feeling of something moving through you. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that, but it is very, very unsettling. I'll share my experience uh, of what happened with me, and I'll tell you what I think it was afterwards, but the experience was I was living in uh, in Wausau, Wisconsin at the time. I was 18 years old. I'd recently moved uh, out of my parents' house. This was my first on-my-own apartment, uh, working on my own. I was a big... I was an adult, you know? I was my first kind of, you know, being an adult. <laughs> and... Uh, my apartment was uh, in downtown Wausau, Wisconsin. And uh, in, in Wausau, Wisconsin, there's a, a square downtown. And almost every building in this area has some sort of ghost story connected with it. Um, there's a, a haunted theater. There's a haunted stairwell uh, in uh, near a sporting goods store. And this is very close to where my apartment was. And the stairwell, they say people would continually see this woman go up and down the stairwell holding a baby. This is an apparition people continue to say that they see in this stairwell. Um, the the wall to my apartment, the, the wall, the back wall where my bed was against, behind that wall was that stairwell. Um, and I was unaware of this, this story at the time of this happening. Um, but that's how close I was to a, a very paranormal uh, reported sighting. Anyway, one night I'm in bed. I wake up in the middle of the night and I sit up and I suddenly feel I cannot move. I I didn't know what it was, but I was literally paralyzed. I was frozen, just like uh, Sean had described in his story where you just couldn't move. And it felt like a cloud was moving through me. That's the only way I can describe it is it felt like a cloud was moving through me. Almost kind of shook me slightly, like a, a deep shiver. Um, that moved, it felt like forever. It probably was two or three seconds, but it felt like it just moved right through me. And then I was able to move again, but I was so terrified I did not open my eyes. I just kind of slouched under the covers like an eight-year-old. <laughs> hope to God the experience uh, was a dream and would go away and that there was nothing out there. I, uh... Later, I talked to some paranormal investigators. Uh, naturally, that's where I went with it. I'm like, ah, it's a, it's a paranormal incident. And what was described to me was that that, that sort of a feeling and that paralyzed uh, moment that, that folks have uh, is a form of sleep apnea. Now, it could very well have been a form of sleep apnea. I'm told if I would have opened my eyes, I would have likely seen an old woman sitting on me or, or something holding me down. Um, and that would just likely have been... Uh, essentially, you 
projecting dream images onto a canvas of reality that your eyes are actually seeing, but you're actually dreaming and you can't move because your body is not woken up. It's a very rare state to be in. You're halfway asleep, halfway awake. And you can sit in this canatonic state for quite a while. Um, and a lot of people think they're seeing paranormal uh, things, ghosts, if you will. But a lot of times uh, it is just literally, literally a, a clinical state of being, and that is just a form of uh, a sleep apnea. So that's what I wrote it off as to this day. That's what I like to think it is. Was it something else? I don't know. Given the circumstances, given the setting that I was in, it really kind of makes me wonder um, what would I have seen if I opened my eyes? Did the fact that where my bedroom was located, where that wall was, because it felt like it was coming from the in, inside of my apartment through me into the wall. And the inside of that wall is where they have the reports of seeing that entity. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know the whole time I lived in that apartment, though, I was telling myself, it's just sleep apnea, that's all it is. And by the way, I did put a crucifix on my wall above my bed, and I never had anything happen again. I don't know what to make of that. I myself am not a super religious person. Uh, at the time, I was more. Uh, this time, I'm not. But back then, I don't know. You gotta kind of wonder. Let's go to another Real Ghost Story caller. By the way, uh, we would love it if you'd subscribe to our show at Real Ghost Stories Online or iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube, wherever you're listening to us. Please hit that subscribe button and share. Tell your friends about the show. Please, 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 please do that. That's what gets more fans of our show. That's what uh, helps us get better interviews, better callers. We have a lot of fun with it, and we really do appreciate uh, you. If you like the show, uh, showing that little bit of love really does help quite a bit. If you have a ghost story, also share it with us uh, through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. We want to hear your story. Or you can call into us anytime, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, to share your ghost story 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right, let's hear your real ghost story. We were coming back from Minnesota. I was about 12 my sister was 10. We were coming back with our dad. Mm-hmm. About an hour north of Holton, our car broke down. Alternator started going out. When we got to Holton, the, we got to the police station. They took us to one hotel, and that hotel was completely booked. So they took us to the Hotel Josephine, okay. which was built in the 1890s. And we found out after staying there that Josephine's still there. After we went to bed about every half an hour, we would wake up, and the shower was completely turned on as high as it would go. The sink was running, the AC was turned down as cold as it would go, and the TV was turned on as high as it would go every half hour throughout the night. These all would just turn on simultaneously? Yeah. My gosh. And we were all three asleep, and then we'd all wake up at the same time because all, you know, got really cold, got really loud. Did you move to another room then, or what happened? No, we ended up having to stay because that was the only room left in that hotel, too. And when you complained about it, did they? what did they say to explain it? They said, well, we don't know. It's an old hotel. Things happen. <laughs> Not that much happens in an yeah. old hotel, unless the wiring is so faulty that the building's about to explode. Yeah. But, wow, that is creepy. Thanks for the call. 
you have a real ghost story, please share it with us. Give us a buzz. 855-853-4809. 855-853-4802, rather. I'm sorry, 09. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. It's a new phone number. i got to remember it. Call us 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Leave uh, your ghost story for us uh, on our, our recording device. And we may play it back in a future show. may even call you back. And uh, talk to you more about it. You, of course, can remain completely anonymous. And if you want, I'll even disguise your voice. That'd be fun. Make you sound like the devil. That makes the ghost stories even better. (laughs) I'm not going to go that far. That would be be more like uh, what you see on a lot of the TV shows. Speaking of uh, haunted hotels, a couple years back, um, more like nine years back, uh, I was in uh, Michigan, in the Traverse City, Petoskey, Michigan area. I was doing a morning show. Uh, on a station called 106 KHQ. And uh, yeah, very, very DJs. 106 KHQ. Hi, how you doing? It's uh, in the morning show. It's called The Morning Brew. How you like that? Isn't that radioism? It's The Morning Brew. 106 KHQ. Hi, how you doing? It's Sully Brewski. No, I, I, I didn't talk like that. I, I pretty much talk like this. Um, investigation. Uh, at a haunted hotel in Petoskey. And this, it was like something kind of shining-ish. It was sort of out of the shining. It was getting into the off-season. There was nobody there in Petoskey. Petoskey is a very resort town, very rich resort town, like tons of money in this area. Um, And there's this old Victorian mansion-esque hotel, sort of like the Shining Hotel um, from the original Shining. And it was, we were the only ones there. We were the only ones staying there for the night. <laughs> and we decided, okay, well, let's do the investigation. We're going to stay there, the, stay there the night. I had a room. My, my morning show co-host had her own room. And then in the morning, we're going to do our broadcast from the, the hotel room and talk about if we saw anything, heard anything. We did a little investigation the day before with the microphones and saw if we tried to pick anything up, blah, blah, blah. It was your atypical radio show ghost investigation. Um. Throughout the night, my our rooms were just directly across the hall from each other. What people report happening in this hotel more than anything is they hear sounds of parties going on, like old 1920s money martini, lots of people having a good old time party. Well, here's the thing. There was nobody in the hotel. We were there. In fact, I think I think the the staff even left for the night. I think they just said, "Okay, you know, you're it's the radio people. You can stay here or whatever. We trust you. you're not going to burn the place down." So, the place is completely empty. I am someone who wakes up for oh anything really. I use the bathroom about three four times a night because uh, I drink a ton of water before I go to bed. I wake up to the slightest thing. Uh, and, you know, I'm, that's just how I am. That's how I sleep every single night. Uh, there's, there's no changing that. That's me. No matter where I am, this is how I sleep. Um, that night in this hotel, I have not slept so well since that night. And that was about nine years ago. I slept literally from the time I went to bed, which was about 10 o'clock at night or so. Um to the time I got up, which is about six, uh, to do that morning show. And whole night, just bam, never got up once, slept the entire night through, never heard a peep. I was like, wow, this is great. I haven't slept so well in forever. My morning show co-host across the hall said that she heard 
exactly what uh, has been described so many times, the sounds of a party going on outside. She said she heard knocking on her windows, knocking on her door, people in the hallway, a lot of ruckus, which I would normally wake up to. Uh, I didn't wake up at all. Take that for what that's worth. I don't know. We talked about that the next morning, and she thought I was crazy, and I was putting her on that I didn't hear any of this, but I didn't hear any of it. I kind of wish I did, but I didn't hear any of it. It kind of makes you wonder, can entities, can ghosts control you to a certain extent? If I was oblivious to this, if I slept the whole night through, which I never normally do, that's almost making me think that there was something under, or I was under something's con, some, something or someone's control and not able to sleep, or, or able to sleep rather very, very well, and completely oblivious to anything around me. Yet she, completely woken up, kind of makes you wonder. What sort of powers do these things actually have? It's a topic for another show, isn't it? Thank you again for listening. We want to hear your ghost stories. Give us a call anytime at 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. And tell us your ghost story or submit it to us at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please... Subscribe, share the show, tell your friends about us. That's what helps us grow. That's what makes our show even better. That wraps up our show for today. From Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thank you for listening.